sorry for all the technical difficulties. Um, we certainly, you know, um, share our apologies for any type of inconvenience to Kalina as well as to our guests. Looks like Kalina is back on the line. This is actually going live from my own personal Facebook page. Um, for you guys that want to come in, hey, Kalina, and you guys want to <laughs> come in, <laughs> I love it. Um, if you want to come in and uh, definitely join us here, I'm going to put the this, this, uh, the link in the Facebook page over there on Let's Talk About It there. So if you want to join us from there, just hit that link and we'll let you in. We hope to see you there. Um, so just come on in and enjoy us for this uh, conversation. Again, I know that this has been live streamed from my personal Facebook account, but I would uh, want you guys to come on in and join us over here. So again, we're going to start <laughs> a new. I'm good. <laughs> my name is Cheryl and this is. And I'm Satirica. And this is Let's Talk About It Tuesday as to where we, um, we are a mother-daughter duo. Um, podcasting team, and we talk about all issues which affect, or at least try to talk about all issues that are affecting the black and brown community. This month is Mental Health Awareness Month, Minority Mental Health Awareness Month. So what we wanted to do is that we wanted to focus up our discussions on um, my, um, minority mental health and different kind of stigmas which may be related to different types of situations mm -hmm. or struggles in which individuals such as black and brown people may be going through. Last week, our guest was Michelle Franklin and Michelle was on and she was talking about um, how the stigma is associated with sexual assault uh, victims, but however, you know, how they're able to thrive. And she gave dropped some good gems, you know, about um, that situation yeah, on her journey. And that was really powerful. And just in case you all missed it, we do have that on our page. Exactly. So. And tonight uh, we're going to talk about the topic of being deaf or hard or hearing. Um, and we could not have chosen a better guest, I don't think, from this subject. Yeah, we you look her. good. You look, you're looking fabulous. <laughs> um, her name is Kalina Powell. I'm not going to keep talking and going on. So um, I'm going to ask Kalina to come on and introduce herself um, and let us know a little bit, let you guys know a little bit about who she is, Kalina. Thank you so much. Sorry about the whole technology. I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, oh, my God. It's always when you need it to work the most. Yeah. That's when exactly. it does not want to work. Honestly. Exactly. But that's what I said. That's, you know, we, we give them to everybody live. So, you know. Things are subject to happen, but this is also we're gonna throw that pitch in again one more time for that intern. Okay, coming in up step. So, Kalina, but this is your time, and um, go ahead on and let us know a little bit about you, and um, we're gonna dive into your story right after you give us a brief introduction. Dr. Hi, everybody. My name is Kalina Powell, aka Dep Queen Boss. I am so many things, honestly. I am an author, speaker. And I'm a mental health coach for those who are young adults uh, from age 15 to 35 years old. And I do specialize in depression, anxiety, self-confidence, self-esteem. And I'm also into mix of all culture. I do not have a specific background that I'm working with. I'm very open and very broad. And yeah, so that's really a little bit about me. And let's take it away. 
All right, you're a dynamic <laughs> woman. Um, before you got onto the broadcast, you may have heard us uh, previously that we were talking about, you know, these 24 students last weekend. They've got their high school diploma. Yeah. It was such a touching situation. I think I, I had the box and I'm just crying and everything because it's so, it's so, it's so touching. Um, her and I are not experts up in this field, so but we're here to learn, you know, a little bit about deaf and, and hard of hearing individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, Kalina, you have spoken candidly um, and had authored the book, as you said, um, Every Day I'm Just Deaf. And kudos to you, you know, hey, you're the best-selling author. Um, Can you explain, uh, well, you did explain that you became deaf at the age of four. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. All right. Due to the failure and neglect of a daycare center, as as we understand it, um, can you please share with our viewers and our listeners Mm -hmm. just uh, what was the experience like for you? Give us some, can you shed a little light for us in that? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, so I actually did became deaf due to an infection, due to the daycare not following instructions. That same day, I actually became deaf. So, what happened was when I went home, I was watching TV. My mom tapped me on my shoulder, and she was calling me, and I did not hear what my mom said. And my mom freaked out, and my mom was a young adult, and when she had me, she was a young adult. You know, of course, she, you know, was new to this motherhood, and my grandmother at the time, she was a nurse. So, luckily, my grandmother knew exactly what she had to do with me. She put me um to school. I was actually put in a deaf school and a hearing school just to learn how to communicate. Because my family knows that being a deaf person, communication is a big thing for us while we grow up. You know, the only way for us to learn is we start young. And so when my grandma taught me the value of communication, how to build myself confidence by advocating for myself, especially in the hand school, it was very difficult for me to be like everybody else because everybody else is hearing except for me. And mm-hmm. I felt like I felt like I was very outside much in the hand school versus the deaf school. Obviously, mm-hmm. I was more comfortable in the deaf school. And the sad thing is when I was... Um, in the hearing school, I mm-hmm. didn't continue learning ASL. Mm-hmm. And that felt like the hearing school ripped that part of my identity, not making me learn about who I am. Yeah. And it just sucked because unfortunately my family had to pull me out of the deaf school because it was too far. And if you notice, not there's not a lot of deaf schools no, that no. are local. Right. There are deaf. And it's so sad because there are number of increasing of deaf people now. A lot of people are not aware of that. There's a lot more deaf people coming into the world that's going to be out there and so on. And I realized that there's not a lot of resources. Even my mom was struggling to find resources for me, even if for deaf kids to go daycare or camp. Yeah. And my mom couldn't find that for me. She's like, how am I supposed to teach her? You know, her ASL, she didn't know. And obviously, to this day, my mom do want me to continue my ASL, but she doesn't know. She was a young adult. She was in college when she had me. She had so much going on. And, you know, my family did thought about my future, and they said, you know what? They said to me, straight up, they're like, Kalina, you may not learn ASL because we do have a lot on our plate. And and like they said, I was new. You know, no one in my family had a disability like me. No one did. So, you know, and everybody in my family wanted me to be fair. 
yeah. don't want me to feel like, okay, well, you treat my cousin better than I do. They mm-hmm. never wanted me to felt that way. And they wanted me to learn how to be like everybody else. But they know that's going to be challenged. Mm-hmm. And that's really how I got my spouse, really, but thank God for my family and my grandmother for continue working with me through the journey and allowing me to be myself, even though it's going to be hard and difficult. Um, not everybody gets the right support like I did. And you know, I'm always grateful for my family no matter what because they're always there for me, especially during COVID. COVID was the most difficult year for me because yeah. I'm a lip reader. I have to read your lip. Every person you meet who is deaf, they need to see your lip in order to have a conversation. A lot of people did not know that during COVID until I brought it up during COVID. And I said, unfortunately, I'm not coming outside. You have your mask on. Bye. I'm not coming. So, like, I told I told my family and my friends, I'm not coming outside. It's the mask. No, I, can, I cannot do it. I just cannot. Um, but, yeah, that's really, yeah. <laughs> so... About how many deaf people are there in the United States? I don't have the exact number, but it's a very small number, but it's growing. Right, right. So it's pretty, um, you say small, but it's probably large in comparison Mm -hmm. to, you know, um, uh, to the uh, population. Um, You mentioned, too, that... um, well, let me ask you. So, is there a distinction between being deaf and being hard of hearing? Can you? What's the difference? Is there a difference? In that? Yeah, for sure, there is a difference. Um, everybody defines themselves the way how they are. I don't speak for everybody. Um, for me, when someone tells me they are deaf, they do not have tools to help them hear. Instead, they rely on ASL. So they call themselves mute, right? Mm-hmm. So because they do not, either one, they cannot afford hearing aids. Hearing aids are like $5,000 each year. Yeah. They're really, yeah, they're really expensive. Some people can't afford it, period. So they just rely on ASL. So that's how I define someone who is deaf and someone who is hard of hearing, who knows either both ASL and who speak verbally, and someone who do have equipment in their ears, like myself, I have a hearing aid in both ears, and so that's how I define deaf and hard of hearing person. Okay, all right. And is there a, a distinction? Because sometimes we see the spelling of deaf with the capital D, and then uh, deaf with the small d. So why is that? That's a really good question. I didn't even started noticing that, like literally, how soon I started this industry, and someone did have to teach me that because that was not something I learned when I was growing up. I was really confused mm-hmm. myself when I saw that. I'm like, what's the difference? It makes no sense. Yeah. And so people told me it's a difference between how the individual, um, if they speak or not, um, if I'm mistaken, that's the difference. Um, but I never really used capital D or lowercase D. I just put it in D, lowercase D. Mm-hmm. Now, earlier you had mentioned that um, when you became deaf at the age of four, um, can you can you explain to us what kind of activities that you have engaged in just to adjust to the speaking? For sure. Um, so, oh God, what did I do? 
a boyo. I'm trying to remember. Um, <laughs> or just in general, as um, growing up, you know, from um, kindergarten, uh, freshman year, sophomore year, senior year. You know, what activities did you engage in? And you know, I actually, I actually engaged in a lot of things. You guys gonna be really surprised. I actually used to do rugby. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, good for you. I I would I don't know why, but I love the sport rugby. So I actually had a coach, but it actually was in high school. And I remember my coach, she was actually my English teacher. And I don't know what how she came to me and she said, Kalina, I need you to join the team. So I looked at her in the face like, How? I'm too small, like not to be, you know what I mean? I'm my, I don't know how to attack people. And so for me, I was so focused on my ears, my hearing, because I didn't yeah. want to break it. Yeah. And so there's a lot of more physical, and I, I don't like physical sports like that. I truly do not. I like to stick to my soccer, and that's it. Soccer is the only thing that I can, something that don't touch me, don't, I, and honestly, I, I was a girly girl. I did not like to get dirty in the mud for rugby. I was like, I'm never doing that. Um, <laughs> But I did actually know about sports. I but I just never done swimming classes. I never done that because I cannot hear at all in the water. I know some people could do it, but I don't hear a lot of deaf people who judge swimming for activity wise. But I mostly hear like volleyball or something that is simple and where we can look around. Something that is smart and intimate. So volleyball, soccer. Uh, basketball, maybe basketball, but basketball's a little too loud for us. For me personally, I hate basketball because I do not like the whistle every second. I yeah. truly don't. I yeah. used to play basketball myself, and I used to get a headache a lot after after ball, and I was like, mm, I'm, I'm gonna play ball. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't like to hear the whistle. Period. You know, <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, Ugh, you know, but <laughs> um, well. Go ahead. I was going to say, well, it seems like when you had mentioned that uh, your teacher wanted you to be in rugby, it seems, and I'm going to let you answer this. Um, do you believe that the coaches and the teams, your your team players, do you uh, think that they encourage you to play sports, which you already answered that, but in what ways would you say that they, um, you know, and um, disability? Um, so my coach was very smart. So every time, so, well, not every time, but before I came into the team, we had uh, a discussion. Everybody in the team had a discussion. Like, I, she asked me, she said, Kalina, it's okay if we can have an open discussion with the team okay. about you being deaf. Okay. And I said, for sure, why not? I need to be safe in the field. Are you crazy? Right. <laughs> I need to be safe. And so, and she said, yeah, let's do it. And I said, yeah, let's do that. Because if I get hurt, God forbid, like, the school needs to pay for my injury. So I'm pretty, and for me, my injury is trouble than anybody else because of my hearing aid. Mm -hmm. And so I remember we had a team discussion, and one of my best friends, she was also on the team, thank God. And so she was just like, um, she was engaged in the conversation the most because I felt really awkward. I, I got to ask my team like this is what I need and I felt really bad because it's like it's not their responsibility but had a team you have to pick up everybody right and that yeah. was something that my coach taught me was that if you have a team you need to build together and so I said okay well miss uh so anyway so when the meeting came and my teammates were really open they're really accepting thank god they were very accepting and 
the only thing was I remember it's when it I think it was halftime. So I told my teammate, you guys gotta tell me when it's halftime or when things are done. Like stop tackling people or don't go crazy on the field. <laughs> because I may not hear the whistle. Yeah. And I remember one time, I think something happened on the field and I was talking to a girl by mistake. I didn't mean to do it. And then I remember one of my teammates grabbed my hair by an apple because she was trying to tell me, no, no, just sit still. And so it was so crazy. And so I actually, so my, so my coach, how many coaches? Yeah, I think we had three coaches. So we had like a student came in and so they would be on the side with me, not with me, but like kind of be on the side for me to see. And then she would do go if the whistle go blow. And then she would tell me stop so I can see on the side. But she doesn't I would have to be there, but she was, she was so sweet. She was just always there. She was just like, I'm gonna stay here for you. You're so good, you're super fast. Which is true, I was really, really quick. Like I was a really big runner for them. So they needed me to be on the team. So they were like, okay, Kalina, walk the side of the <laughs> I'm like, okay, I will do that. And yeah. so that's how we did it very well. And that's how my team and I went through it together. Um, and yeah, we had a really open, honest discussion. And I told my teammates straight up, give me a straight up feedback. I don't BS. I truly don't. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do like to win with my team. Of course I want you guys to win. I don't want you guys to lose because of me because I can't hear. Like, you know, and it's a lot of pressure in the same time because they're kind of like make not I don't know how to explain it, but you just don't want the pressure on yourself because you don't want to make a mistake. You don't where something that could have been avoided if I hear the whistle. So that was something I had to like, okay, I'm going to pay attention. So, yeah. Yeah. And um, seeing that you said that sometimes like with it being a lot of pressure and I'm sure that was because you, you know, you have a lot of weight on your shoulders mm-hmm. with that. Um, is there, are there other times where you felt like things were too difficult or where they were just beginning to be so much on you? Um, no, in a way, I feel like everybody was just being calm about it, which is, some people I know were ignorant sometimes, but it it happens, you know? It's a game, you just have to like, just walk it out and just, just say, you know what? It is what it is. It's mm-hmm. just a game. Yeah. 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 You uh, mentioned about having a supportive family and everything, which is awesome, you know? Um, that I think that that's part of it. You know, being able to cope and, and being able to get through, you know, your struggles. And that's for, you know, with anything. Um, what about the parents today um, that may be struggling, you know, or just want some advice? What would be some of your, you know, um, suggestions to them, you know, about, you know, um, in the educational, let me, I'm going to narrow that down, in the educational system. What would be some tips that you would drop to the parents about their child um, in a public education system? Definitely. Um, There's so many advice I can give to so many uh, parents that are listening. My first thing is go to the school, talk to the teacher, set Mm -hmm. up a meeting for your kids. That's number one. It's super important that you do sit down and take mm-hmm. the initiative about the meeting with teachers because I do want teachers to make sure that you have the parents are being watched mm-hmm. within your child. Mm-hmm. A lot of 
us disability students like myself, I'm not gonna lie. Yes, I have been bullied by my own teacher. And I have teachers that, you know, tell me different things to bring them. Now, let me set up a meeting, let them know who you are. You need to show faith. You have to. Yeah. Because you need to show them your child is not here for anything. Your child is here to learn and be educated. Mm-hmm. Once they do see that, they're going to take your child there. Right. Stuck in. Stuck mm-hmm. in. IEP. A yeah. lot of us. Yeah. yeah. IEP is super important. I feel like my mom took a really, like my mom killed it. Uh, I will tell you guys that's what my mom did. First thing first, my mom looked at the IEP. Her student was sent to me the very first month of the school week, school year, sorry. So my mom looked at it, highlighted everything that she's like, nope, I don't need my daughter doing this. I don't need my daughter doing that. Yeah. Why is my yeah. daughter doing that? And please read the IP very carefully. Yes, yes, yes you yeah. have to. Yeah. You need to read it very carefully. If you do not read it very carefully, believe me, it's going to hunt your child down the long one. Yeah. IP follow up to a whole life. Mm-hmm. And yep. I feel like a lot of time parents just think that teachers are there to help. Not all teachers are. I and I'm sorry to, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry to hurt. hurt. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to teachers, but there's mm-hmm. some teachers that just I feel like are the money and just mm-hmm. go home. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and I just feel like a lot of time, you know, as a parent, we think that we can rely on teachers. I'm gonna tell you something. No, you cannot. The only person you can rely on is your child to make sure your child come home and that hey, this is what happened at school, and this is it. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing you can do. And if you notice you something know. up with the IEP, always go straight back to the school and fix that. And mm-hmm. believe me when I you tell you, that. when they see that you actually pay attention, they will never want to screw you over ever again. Believe me when I tell you that. My mom showed up to the school five times in one year. Wow. Because the teacher did not they, they just didn't care, and it was so sad. It's like, but I'm trusting you as my kid. You yeah. know what I mean? And so I will always tell every parent, never look back. Always take initiative, speak with the teacher, look at the IEP, please read carefully of the IEP. And we always ask the kids every single day, how is school? Never, not one day slip, don't. Always ask, how is school? Because you want to make sure that these teachers are are respecting your wishes yeah. along with your child. I feel like a lot of teachers do not respect parents' wishes. Um, just like, for example, I had my guiding counselor. She kind of brainwashed me. Thank mm. God I told my mom. She kind of brainwashed me that I need to go to college instead of university, knowing that's not what my mom wanted. My mom wanted me to go to university, and mm-hmm. she switched my timetable. Mm-hmm. So that's what she did. So that is definitely my advice. Yeah. And I know exactly what you mean about staying uh, up on that IEP plan and making sure that, you know, how many minutes, you know, of each area, you know, that is up in that IEP plan. If, and if, you, if they're not giving it, um, I do think, you know, um, that you can always ask for comp time, which is back. Know your advocacy uh, uh, surrounding that IEP plan. There is a, I know that there's a few IEP advocates, which is out there, you may want to Google it. Um, I don't have any of those right off the top of my head, but we would definitely put some up on our, let's talk about it up in the uh, website there. Get those resources out there to you here in the next day or so for someone who wants to know about more about IEP plans. Learn it, 
learn about the federal law behind it, because um, that's going to help you out a whole great deal. Learn what the disciplinary procedures that also falls behind that plan, okay? Um, unless she said you're, you, you're going to want to know it, and you have to be involved. Yeah, you definitely. You have to be involved every step of the way. Yeah, because as a parent with a child on the IEP, um, you know, at first, when I got the IEP, I was like, what is this? Like, I know nothing about this. But as the years went on, and also with the 504 plans, you got to pay attention to those. And too. the difference, you got to know the yeah, difference. You definitely got to know the difference of the yeah, 504 exactly. because, I mean, to me, I believe the, the IEP plan protects the children mm -hmm. more than the 504 plan. And with the IEP plan, you know, over the years, when the, you know, went by, and I was just like, you know, I, I got to pay attention to this. I got to know, like, my mom just mentioned like the the minutes you know where is he spending his time to get yeah this time and putting then, up in iss or something like that yeah exactly yeah. where are all these minutes that are going to that this child is entitled to exactly so. because you know just because as the teacher you don't have a disability you know you still have to take your time this is what you you came to do you know you got, this you got your degree yeah. you came to teach uh, and teach you know, you just can't sit up there and just give a student a packet and then expect them to do something or especially with a child with a disability, they need that extra help. They need that extra support too. Mm -hmm. And then uh, what is called that para, a para, but the teacher's assistance, you know, they yeah. got to get training too when it comes to um, kids with disability, not just the special education teachers, but all teachers need that, that training and um, also teach the other two students too. Yeah. about kids with disabilities yeah and you know exactly. uh, and don't make the child feel like um sped special education is a it's a bad thing is a bad thing you know yeah. in, in a class for slow kids you know there's been plenty of times where you know my child has came home and said that sped he feels like you know slow because of the situations of what the teachers put him through so yeah, definitely pay attention out there, parents who have children on IEPs and 504 plans. Yeah, and uh, our friend Jeff Johnson, he is out there watching, and I know that he definitely has a um, a particular interest in the IEP plan. And he reminded me, it is right to law. They have volumes of volumes of information. It is a law firm, and that's how I came to learn some of the things in which I learned. And was able to be able to be the advocate at that time, mm -hmm. you know, on behalf of, uh, you know, some family members who's going through an IEP plan. But yes, definitely teach these kids have got to know that just because someone has to need a little bit more help, and we all need a little bit yeah, more we help, all need help. That's exactly. not that you're a lesser individual to anything. Um, kind of along the same, um, the same, you know, what we're talking about. Um, communication may be a factor, you know, um, and, and I know that it is. So what are your thoughts and barriers that um, about communication and deaf and hard of hearing people and the mental health? How does that intersect? Give us a little bit more for your thoughts on that. For sure. Um, communication, a lot of us don't have a lot of education about it. Uh, the first thing is I always tell people, make sure you always face the deaf person. 
Um, and also, too, when you're speaking, talk sharper. Talk stop. Don't yeah. talk less. I noticed a lot of people mistaken when someone said, can you please repeat that? They tend to shout or yell. Yeah. And <laughs> and I'm like, I never asked you to yell. I just said to repeat what you said. So <laughs> I always tell people, <laughs> I always tell people, I'm like, can you please talk stopper? That's yeah. what I meant. Not yell at me. And for me, I get really, like, I don't get emotional when someone yell at me, but I'm like, yo, don't yell at me. I'm very, like, a very bold person, so I'll tell you straight up, like, do not yell at me. <laughs> so um, that's the one thing. And number two, I noticed a lot of times people try to shout our name. That's my biggest problem with some people. I'm like, stop calling my name across the street. I can't hear you. <laughs> um, and then the third thing is cell phone. That's the biggest one. So a lot of times people try sometimes call me or send me a voice note. And I'm like, stop sending me voice notes. I can't see your lips. I need to see you. And mm-hmm. so I need to be on either FaceTime or it, if it's like a family member, I'm super YouTube. I recognize my family member's voice very well. So they can call me. That's different. But if you're someone who I never really talked to or and your voice is very not, I would expect either FaceTime, Zoom call, or something like that. Um, but yeah, definitely do not send a deaf person voice note or give them a phone call. Always give them a FaceTime. Uh, it's so much easier for us to read your lips and to really have a flow, like flow conversation. Instead of like, ha, 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 repeat that again, repeat that again. No. And believe me, a lot of us deaf people get tired of repeating ourselves so many times. And I'm pretty sure you don't yourself. And mm-hmm. so I always tell people, Make the communication easy. Don't make it very hard and complicated, especially if we already told you how we like to be communicated. A lot mm-hmm. of times, people can be ignorant and they ignore what we ask for. And that's a huge thing, a lot of our space. Um, but yeah, uh, that's the best way to communicate with us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Let's talk about um, Kalina's empowerment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you operate and um you operate the company. Can you please let us know of what Kalina's empowerment is about and then what is the mission on that? Definitely. So my mission is to help young adults with disabilities to feel confident with them themselves. So that way they learn how to advocate for themselves. A lot of time, you know, not just myself, but I've seen and witnessed so many young adults suffer so much due to COVID. And I realized that something needs to be changed in the disability community. A lot of us don't really talk about mental health at all. And that is my mission. And the whole point of Kalina Empowerment is to, I'm a coach, obviously a mental health coach. Uh, my coaching service is mainly focused on positive psychology. I do not focus on negative psychology where I focus on the client trauma. I'm more focused on the client goals and the end goal. The reason for that is because Again, I am deaf myself. I know I do not like talking about my trauma. I just want to learn how to get the end goal. How do I get there? Yeah. And a lot yeah. of us do, a lot of us sometimes feel like, I'm not saying we get stuck in a trauma when we talk about it too much. I feel like a lot of us do not get the results that we want to have because we don't have someone that's with us that can help us to pass through it. And, and that's why I like to be an assistant, kind of assistant. I don't know. A lot of people call me the assistant, the guardian, like, you know, because it's always just there. And I just love um, being there for people. And I do one-on-one. 
one-on-one, -on -one, I do uh, family and I do um, relationship. I do a variety of different one-on-one. Um, -on -one. um, but yeah, that's what I do. Or just the boss queen. That's what yes, you call she yourself. Is. Is the <laughs> Where did that name come from? <laughs> Empowerment? Oh, my mom named it for me. <laughs> no, call yourself the, the deaf boss queen. And I've seen you on Instagram yes. and, you know, of course, Facebook, we're following you and all that. And even in your, you know, your book and all like that. So what made you decide to come up with that name? It's, that's a pretty powerful name. Yeah. Uh, clean Empowerment? No. the um, Boss queen. Boss queen. Deaf boss. Deaf oh, deaf queen boss. Oh, yeah. so basically... I honestly, so I would actually play my, the, I would write it actually, I was writing and I put Death Queen and I'm like, hmm, I want something Death Queen something, right? Because everybody always called me, you know, putting it the boss and I'm like, what the heck? I'm the boss? No, I was just like, there's no way I'm a boss. There's no way. People's like, you just have the attitude. And I was like, I do? And then, <laughs> and so like people say, you're a queen, you're a boss. Like you just have it all in you. So I'm like, okay, you know what? Let me see if I can put the deaf in there. And so I'm like, how can I put the deaf queen? And then I would first, I was playing with deaf queen. That. And then I guess I was playing around with then. I was on Instagram, I was TikTok. I think it was TikTok. And a girl said something about Bob and her name. I'm like, mm, maybe I can put Bob in my name too. So I went back to the paper and I played around with it again. I put deaf boss queen or deaf queen boss. And I'm like, Deaf Queen Boss it is. I like that one better. And then yeah. so I went online and looked at other people to make sure that no one had my name. I'm like, mm, let me do that my new station. And then I found out no one had it. I was happy. And I went straight to it. I'm like, I'm the Deaf Queen Boss. Call me that. And so, yeah. So that's really how I made it up. <laughs> yeah. That you are. Um, you are such an inspiring individual. And I, that's what, when we first met you doing our pre-conference uh, that call that we have, and I'm like, wow, she is amazing. She, she is. Yes, so we got sweet. to read your book and all of that. It's like, yeah, we definitely want to have her as a guest here. I want to circle back for just a second and talk about uh, the communication. Mm -hmm. uh, before you actually come online, we were talking about um, some sign language and um, the English vernacular the black uh, English vernacular. Um, when it comes to signing, uh, I believe that there is um, a dictionary or something like that, you know, that would actually uh, sign in the black vernacular. Um, how, if that is true, I think that it is true. Uh, how often do you think that other individuals are using that? Uh, and what's the need for it? Why would you feel that there's a need? Um, so I once again in the black community that I know that sign language is different. Um, because a lot of us like to do slang and you know, so yeah. it's just how we are. It's just how we are. Um so a lot of people in terms of the outsiders, they don't know that. They don't know our culture. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that a lot of time, even on TikTok or Instagram, like the black caution creator, they would do their sign language and they're completely deaf actually and they're and muted they mute they don't have hearing aids and i think one of them just got a hearing aid or a poker implant not too long ago and and i was studying them for a hot minute and i was just watching and i'm like what's the point of this what's the purpose and i feel like it's the better way for us especially the black community to connect more and i feel like it's just the way how our culture mm -hmm. are 
And it's something that we cannot change, you know? And I feel like it's very needful because we need to feel connected to our Black community, not just the outsider, you know? If it's something that fits us for our culture, then why not? And I know a lot of people tend to take it personal. And I tell people, no, you should not take it personal. And it's just how we are at the Black community. We are very, you know, outgoing, bubble, bubbly. We're, you know, we're just out there. It's just, language, yeah. 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 You know, we just, it's just how we are. And right. you know, a lot of people don't accept it, but that's too bad. And, but that's it. It's just the way that it yeah. is, exactly. And her and I do plan on having, you know, a, 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 another discussion up on um, the Black language or the Black vernacular. And, uh, you know, and because there, there's nothing wrong with the way we talk, right? Exactly. I, there isn't. Nothing, nothing wrong, wrong at all. I, I'm fine with it. I'm really fine. I'm, like, I'm cool with it. I feel like it's, like, like yeah. they feel like some people feel like it's aggressive because the way they sound super fast with their face expression. And I tell people that that's your problem. If, if they were right. to do it to us and the black me, I think we'd be fine. I'm like, I'm not attacked by it. You know, it just, yeah. it's just us. It's just, just how our black community are. We, that's how our cultures are. Yeah. To add. <laughs> yeah, like, most definitely. Yeah, exactly. Most definitely. You know, I had to deal with that at, in a workplace at a point in time. Yeah. You know, my friend who is just like me, who looks just like me, she understood everything in which I told her. But you, you didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> that's not on me that's on you and i'm gonna keep it moving with my sister over here mm-hmm. okay exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly i feel like everybody knows what and ways and how to communicate with one another people yeah. have their own unique way of doing it and i feel like a lot of people need to understand that people communicate different yeah yeah definitely yeah exactly definitely all right um, so let's talk some more about your advocacy. Um, how did you advocate for yourself when you were growing up? Already, it's a lot of stories. Oh, Lord. All right, we got time for that. Already, oh my God, already. Where do I start? So back in, honestly, it took me a hot time. It took me a really long time to advocate for myself. I actually started when I actually transferred to the hair school. That's when I learned how to advocate for myself. Add a teacher did not like wearing a microphone for me. He thought it was a toy. So when I told her, I'm like, excuse me, you need to put this thing on. And I remember I went home to my mom and I, t- I complained to my mom about it. I'm like, mom, the teacher do not want to wear it. And I got super frustrated because I cannot hear in class. Then my mom said, you better go back to that school and tell that teacher to put it on or your mom is coming. So and then I, said, I was like, okay, mom, I will, I will say that. And my new kid, you don't know what to say. You just listen to what your parents tell you to do. So a lot mm-hmm. of times, my mom told me what to do. Uh, I listened. So I told my teacher, and I gave my teacher that look like, you better do this while my mama coming over and coming <laughs> to school. Like, I was... I was that little girl. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, and I was—I I think could, my mom told me to say that. I think that's exactly why. And so my teacher freaked out. She said, oh, no, 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 no. Don't go home and tell your mom I didn't put it on today. And okay. I said, okay, okay. And so I got 
when um had you know going to school middle school and elementary school all those years same thing teacher didn't want to tell my mom my mom told me tell me what to say so i can pass it to them so i feel like when my family gave me that talking I have it in me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they give that to me to like, you need to have this attitude. You need to have this tone. Yeah. And so they taught me that and show me that. And I was like, and I was, again, I was young. I don't know. And for a four year old who became deaf, I had to mature a lot and learn how to advocate <clears throat> very young. And I guess because I started young, I was able to pick it up super fast and just consistently, like, yay, yeah, no, you can't do that. I'm sorry. I can't do that. I can't do this. No, you need to wear it. So I was very like consistent, and because my family was consistent and were on me a lot, a lot. When I tell you guys, a lot, a lot. Like every single day, I come home, my mom's like, "Hey, how was school today? Did they wear the FM system? Did they, you know, talk about your IEP? Did they give you accommodation on your test?" And so, you know, I remember, wow. and that's how I, and that's how I advocate for myself because I always consistent being keeping my family in the loop. What was going on? No matter how old I was, even in high school, I still told my family what was going on in school. And my family advocates for me too. My family has to come into school consistent, you know? And my mom made sure that I was in the meeting. And my mom wanted me to watch how she was talking. My mom said, You see how I was talking? Yeah. And my mom said, You see how I was talking to that teacher? You need to have the attitude too. And I don't care how old you are. I was like, Okay, mom. I'll do it. That you is know, amazing. Yeah, so and that's how it is. I feel like once you show your child something, they will follow you and they will do exactly the same thing what you show. So I think that's why and how I learned how to advocate because my mom would always keep me in the loop. I was always in a meeting. I was always there. And I always see and watch how my mom and my grandmother and my aunt, how they interact with the teacher, the principal, especially the principal. I did not even know. And I was like, whoa, I know I have the the power to mm-hmm. use my voice to mm-hmm. talk. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how powerful my voice was. Yeah. And that is something my mom taught me in school meeting. You need to be in a school meeting. I don't care if you have a test. Yeah, my mom did not care if I had a test. Oh my God. She's like, I don't care if you have a test. You're coming. I'm like, okay. Yeah. You know, I thought I was getting in trouble. But my mom said, no, you need to watch and you need to see it. So that is really how I advocate for myself and, you know, shout out to my mom, my family for teaching me and they always teach me how to go. So there's thing, even though I'm 26 years old now, I'm still learning. My family's still teaching me how to advocate for myself as an adult now. You know, you need to stick up for yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Absolutely. Um, the question, the next question I had for you is in reference to um I lost my thoughts <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting old um no but I did want to uh, go back and I did want to talk about um you know uh, with parents how can we oh I know what it was what is the most common misbelief that you think that um around deaf people and hard of hearing people. What's the, mis- the most common misconception? A lot of people sometimes think that a deaf person is not capable of driving. A lot of people think that deaf people can't drive. 
Mm -hmm. And for me, I have my own car. I have my own vehicle. I drive. I drive 24-7. Like, seriously. I drive every day. And I remember one time I had my hair too braided. Just the two pieces because you could actually see my hair in it. And I know... Did you make the video? I didn't mean to interrupt you, but did you make yes, the video? Yes, yes, I did. Yes. I yes. And the guy looked at me dead in the face and he was shocked. He's like, you drive? And I just looked at him like, excuse me? Yes, I did. Watch me. I didn't have my car. <laughs> and then he, I'm not even joking. I have my little sister with that. My sister, I told my sister, is he washing? I just said, oh yeah, he is washing. Keep driving. Yeah. And um, yeah, that's definitely a misdeception. A lot of people think about that person. Um, and also too, a lot of people think that every deaf person knows ASL. Not every deaf person knows ASL like myself. Yeah. Um, and I always tell people that, you know, don't assume too much about a deaf person. Don't. Mm -hmm. Just always have a conversation. Just ask them like, hey, listen, I know you're deaf. What can I do to communicate with you? Do you do ASL? Do you speak verbally? Do you need something? Just ask. Don't be afraid to ask. Yeah, and I guess the, but that was going to be my next question. Like, what would you want uh, hearing people, what would you want them to understand um, more about non-hearing deaf people? I would want them to know that don't be afraid to ask questions. A lot of people don't ask questions. People just assume. And I remember this one time that, um, I don't know, it happened so many times with me. Uh, a lot of people don't even take the initiative to say, you know, Kalina, how can I accommodate you? How can yeah. I talk to you? A lot of people don't do that to me. A lot of people just talk to me and I'm like, whoa, slow down. You talk way too fast for me. Can you please slow down when you're talking? Sometimes I have to write around people. And so I would say that's the number one thing. I don't be afraid to ask questions. Because we will appreciate that you've been asking us because you do care about our communication yeah. style and you do care about building a relationship with one, one of us. Right, absolutely. That's a good question. Yeah, very good question. And I think that we do kind of fall up into these stigmas. And we, we're thinking that... Um, we're playing it safe. Mm -hmm. So with that thinking that we're playing it safe, then we're beginning to make these assumptions and we're acting up off of that. And in all actuality, we can be pretty disrespectful in, in what we're doing. So I like that. Thank you for that tip. You know, as you stated, just ask and come in and just have a communication. Just, just ask. Oh, you know. Um, you have any other questions? No. The Anyone, or viewers or listeners? I know that Jeff Johnson, again, he did, he felt that this was a good meeting and he wanted to applaud you and you and your mother yes, for the definitely. strong advocacy. <laughs> and I think that, you know, I can definitely just say, hey, power starts from within. Yeah. You know, that uh, sometimes we think that, you know, oh, these people, people can have power over us, but people, we can't only time someone has power up over you is when you give them that power. Exactly. But exactly. power starts up inside yourself, you know, and we do just have to find it, what that power is. So each one of us possess one, whether we're hearing or non-hearing, each one of us possess a certain power with up in ourselves that can drive us to do great things in life, yeah. or sometimes yeah. we use it the other way. And so, exactly. 
exactly. Um, he's also thinking that maybe possibly he can have you in one of a, a he as a president, I do believe, of a parents first organization. That's a nonprofit organization. I think they're nationwide. Jeff, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But um, they are nonprofit. They advocate upon um, individuals with disabilities. So um, if you want her, Jeff, to you know to do that, then I would definitely connect you guys together so that you can uh, you know have that conversation. Entrepreneurship. Mm. Yes, I'm. I'm happy to. <laughs> so, with Kalina and uh, run us again about Kalina and empowerment. We know that that's kind of like your advocacy organization in which you go out and you kind of do some coaching and everything. You know, for individuals trying to be that support person, which is there. Are there any other venture uh, um, entrepreneur ventures that you're on or anything like that? No. Okay. Well, then tell us about more about this book that you have okay. and it became a best-selling uh, book. So what what inspired you to write this book and what would you like uh, individuals to know about your book and where to go get your book? For sure. So my book is on Amazon. Yes, it's everywhere on Amazon. You can find it on Amazon. And um, it's called Every Day I Am Dressed Up. It's a poetry book, so it's not a big fat book. It's a poetry book, so don't worry. <laughs> and um, it's only 95 pages. It's really about me being deaf, like what it's like to be deaf and what it's like to be in Kalina's shoes. What does yeah. Kalina have to face daily basis? What does she have to go through? And I talk about everything in my book. I spoke about relationship. I spoke about work. I spoke about school. Yeah. I spoke about family, friends. How did I feel? How did it make yeah. me feel? And yeah. it's super important for the hearing community to understand what it's like to be deaf daily basis. And because I noticed that, once again, there's not a lot of education about the deaf community. Not a lot of us are deaf authors. If you notice, have you read a book by a deaf author? 90% of the answer I get is no. A lot of people never had. And yeah. because of me interacting with the hearing community, 90, no, not even 90, 99%, of the time, they all don't know what to do. When they meet me, people, I'm basically the first person they meet. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm the first deaf person you met. And they're like, yeah. <laughs> and so, and when I tell people like, hey, I have my own book. And they're like, oh my God, you do? Oh my God, can I get your copy? Where? And I said, it's on Amazon. So yeah, so that's really about my book. My book is very short, poetry. It's about me, which I've been deaf. And you can also relate to the book too, you know, not just about my death experience, but other things as well. Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Well, we're definitely going to get the book. I know I, I haven't gotten through all 95 pages of it, but I haven't got, and I that, I mean, the way that you open the book itself is pretty, uh, it's pretty powerful. And you guys, she does have, um, it's called Every Day I Am Death. Every Day I Am Death. Every Day I Am Death. Yeah, on um, Amazon. On Amazon. She also has her website at Kalina is it Kalina Empowerment.com. Kalina Empowerment.com. She is also up on Facebook, Kalina Power. <laughs> okay. And Instagram too. She's you can definitely reach her through one of those and mediums. Then uh go back over uh some of her YouTube videos that she's done done in the past. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> I, they get better and better. Yes, they do. 
Yes, they do. Um, in terms of success, how would you um, define success? Irrelevant if you're hearing or not hearing. I would say how much people I'm impact, impacting. That is my definition of success. How many people am I going to impact? How many people I can help? That is my success. Okay. My goal is to help people globally, not just North America, but globally. And I do know it's just a big issue within the disability community and needs to stop. Yeah. And yeah. and that is my definition of success. How am I impacting people? How can I help change people's lives? The more help, the better success I can be and get. Um, in terms of mental health, what would be, is there any particular resources out there for individuals um, who are deaf or hard of hearing uh, that they go to or they just kind of just go to like, you know, mm -hmm. the... Yep, so there's not that much particular resources for us, the deaf community, unfortunately. It's it really with the hearing community, unfortunately. Um, I know a lot of people came to me and said that, you know, it wasn't for you having your coaching. I don't think I will have the resources. And what would be a message in which you would want um, people in Congress? Um, what, what's your message to them? My message for organization is to always provide um, disability resources, always provide that. And I feel like people, especially organizations themselves, they don't understand that there's always going to be that one person in the community that needs the disability resources. There's always going to be that one person, mm -hmm. no matter where you go. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking that, that I'm hearing that they need to fund, put more funding towards um, funding oh, yeah. programs. You know, definitely we know for mental health. Mm -hmm. And definitely, you know, uh, let's start looking at resources and programs that we can be of more of a support, you know, for deaf and hard of hearing individuals. Um, the anxiety, I know that you had spoken about the anxiety, which came behind, you know, pretty much, of would you call it, you know, being discriminated against, um, what would be, what would be for an individual who's going through that right now, what message would you have for someone who is deaf and maybe struggling through those same symptoms of the fever? Or going through the same situation what would be your particular message to them right now my message to them right now is say that take a deep breath yeah take a step back mm -hmm. not every day is going to be a perfect day you are allowed to have a bad day not every day needs to be perfect okay. and second and second if you had a dream tonight and God tell you you were going home tomorrow, knock on work, how would you want to live your life? Think about it that way. If God gives you a timeline, mm -hmm. how would you want to live your life? If you know how you want to live your life like mm -hmm. that, then you know you have to change something. But right. once again, you are allowed to have a bad day. Don't think every day is a perfect day. Mm. And that is my message. Wow, that's, that's very, and that's powerful. Right there. Yes, it is, it's very powerful. Um, I also heard you told 
say before too is like don't ever listen to what other people say about you, okay i think that that was very powerful and encouraging for individuals too as to know to quit listening to the naysayers mm-hmm. you know because you're always going to have someone mm-hmm. who tells you or don't believe that you can do this you got to put that from up out of your mind get that from up out of your mindset and believe uh believe within yourself yeah sometimes you have to have a bad day in order to regain yourself and realize who you are and what you mean so like you said it is okay to have a bad day it's okay to have a bad day it is um do we have any questions which are out there i'm not i see that jeff definitely has you know he he is very appreciative of this conversation we appreciate you coming on again we apologize for all the technical difficulties that we had (laughs) but she was persistent and i'm like oh my god we've lost her but she was persistent she after she emailed me hey is there going to be another link and i'm like honey i'm already it's already there (laughs) to you because we got to do this we've been waiting too long for this conversation to take place and Kalina, I hope that you would join us again at some time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Of course. You know, because you're you, we 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 love you. We do love you. You have been an amazing uh, guest and host, and and just someone that we just like just part it. And that's you know, and that's a lot when you are trying to be a guest or something up on uh, on a on a show. Is that you got to make sure that the personalities fits and all that. Yeah. So we do yeah. do a free screening, you know, with the guests in which we bring on the show because we want to make sure that, you know, it's a fit for us and it's a fit for you. Yeah. So, exactly. And so far, we, 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 we're we doing good. Yeah, you know, we lit up the moment that we, we spoke to you the first time. I'm not going to lie. I was on your page. I was like, who is this <laughs> girl? <laughs> and, you know, I didn't want to say your age, but, you know, you could say, your. can I tell your age? Can I tell your age? What are you like? Twenty six or something like that. But has a mentality of yeah, like you've been here before. You are powerful. You are powerful. Very powerful. And when you when you kept talking about well, when you were in elementary and middle school, I was like, she's got to be older than Mm thirty. She's got to because the way that you talk and the way that you bring and present yourself. And, and all the, that you've been through in life and how you have learned from it, how you took that pile, that the burdens, and you, you went on ahead and made them, you turned them burdens into something more powerful and bigger than that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, girl, you got it going on. Yes, you did. <laughs> okay. We don't have any more questions for you. So I think that we're going to, that's right, Jeff. God's gift of life. Yes. She's got it. You know, he, you know, he allowed for you, you know, to lose your hearing. You know, he gave you that period of life for about four years. And then he's like, no, I've got a bigger purpose for you. And look, it's manifesting right now. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm sure that you are touching lives. I know that you have because we have somebody here from Columbia, Missouri, who wants to connect with you and have you come to present to their organization. So, you know, thank you for allowing God to use you mm-hmm. and answering that call and continue to answer that call. We're going to keep following you. 
Okay. Okay. So everyone, everybody go like her page, her Facebook page, Lena Powell. Yes. Um, go like, go get that book, go buy that book. Uh, Every Day I Am Death. Go buy it. It's up on Amazon. Go like her YouTube channel and her Instagram channel. And uh, that's kind of it for us right now. We have enjoyed it. Thank you. Next week, we will not. Yeah, I was going to say that. Nope. I was going to say next week, we will not be here. Um, (laughs) It's family day. But just make sure you tune in to the following week after that because it is second Tuesday of the month, which means it is the youth edition. No, and the, actually, the youth edition we're putting on August the 15th. Oh, we're going to do August 15th. August the 15th, we do the That's youth terrible, edition. terrible, y'all. <laughs> well, it's not so terrible because my days. this kind of ends up our mental health series. Um, we okay. hope that you enjoyed it. Um, however, just because the discussion here tonight has stopped about mental health, that means that doesn't mean the discussion at all stops. So again, yeah. learn what all that you can about mental health and the resources we will. If you go to our Let's Talk About It page, we mm-hmm. will have a list of resources, you know, for and very inclusive. So if you want to add, you know, a resource which we don't list up there, make sure just DM us. And you know, we're here, as Satirica said in the past, we're here for everybody and we want to see everybody win. Yep, definitely, definitely. So, Yes, but next week we have, we're bringing a young gentleman on um, on the eighth on the eighth August the eighth. His name is Tyrone Pope. We're going to be starting a series with we're going to be uh, talking about entrepreneurship since August mm-hmm. is um, Black Business Month, I believe it is, or Minority Business Month is what they call it. We're going to be talking about entrepreneurship, so we're going to bring him on. Yeah, um, he's going to be our first gentleman that we're going to have on the show. So we're you know. Excited about that. And then August the 15th is when we're going to do our youth edition. And we have an amazing young lady, which is coming she, on to the show. The model of Texas. Model, that she's dancing. She's Kamaya. dancing. Kamaya. And she's from Columbia, Missouri. So you guys make sure that you tune in. Mm-hmm. And without further ado, we will sign off of here. We're out again. We're sorry about all the technical difficulties tonight. We'll get it better. And bye-bye. Bye, Kalina. Bye, Kalina. Thank you.